everyone. Welcome to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Sorensen, mother, grandmother, former teacher, and currently supporting parents who want to understand their children's behavior at a deeper level. This is where we talk about changing our perception and limiting beliefs around behavior to a more conscious approach to understanding ourselves, each other, and our most vulnerable population, our children. I share my self-discovery journey and what I've learned along the way and what I'm currently discovering as I continue evolving on this journey. My hope is that as we become more conscious of how we show up for ourselves, our children, and others, that we'll discover the beauty that lies within us all. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad to be here with you and get to spend this time together. So let's get to it. Today's topic is how to stop behavior. So how do we stop an unwanted behavior? And we're always looking for that right strategy to work. And the truth is, the answer, the short answer to this question, how do we stop an unwanted behavior, is we don't. Rather, behavior transforms as we transform our understanding of behavior. So through traditional disciplines, we have been conditioned to um, believe uh, a lot of there's a lot of behavioral myths and misguidance that we've received through our social conditioning. And so we're at a time where we're shifting what we know about behavior through neurology, through brain research, through, um, you know, behavioral sciences, through child development research. Um, We are now coming to understand that many of the things that we had believed are misguided. And so we're going to unpack some of those beliefs today. Um, And some of them may seem radical uh, because it challenges what we've always just believed about behavior. So the truth is we don't stop or change somebody else's behavior The truth is we don't control other people's behavior. The only behavior, the only person that we can change, the only person's behavior we can change is our own. The societal conditioning that we've received is the belief that adults control children. And it's a widely held belief that parents are to make their children behave. And we're judged on how well we do that. So what happens is we try to control children's behavior through manipulation, through coercion, and this causes a tremendous amount of stress for both adults and children because we're trying to control the uncontrollable. And as we know, growing up, it doesn't feel good to have somebody else 
control you. I remember um, distinctly at one point in my life thinking, oh man, I just want to do everything the opposite of what my parents tell me to do. Because, you know, it. I, I was feeling controlled. And so when we do that, it causes stress and it causes power struggles. And that causes more acting out behavior. So the second problem with trying to stop behavior is that we then are focused on what we don't want. We're focused on the behavior. If we're focused on the behavior we're trying to stop, that's the behavior we don't want. When we focus on what we don't want, that grows and gets bigger. Because what we focus on, we get more of. It it grows and gets it's bigger because it's the law of attraction. What we're focusing our attention and our energy on ends up growing. The other thing is when we focus on what we don't want, the energy we bring to that situation is going to be negative. When we're focused on the negative, our energy will be negative. And the child will feel that, resist, and we end up again in a power struggle with more of the behavior we don't want. So we want to focus on what we do want the child to do. And we tend to, we, we want to stop that behavior because that is our impulse. We have an impulse to want to stop children's unwanted behavior because it triggers us. It's that fear of judgment. Now we, like I was saying, we have this belief that parents make their children behave or even teachers or whatever adults are in charge of, of children have the expectation that you need to make them behave and we're judged on how well we do that. So our impulse is to stop a child's behavior um, because of that fear of judgment and looking inadequate. Uh, And I think that's one of our greatest fears in life is looking not good enough, being not good enough, looking inadequate. And so oftentimes a child's behavior is a threat to our authority, a threat to our ability to be a good parent. Um, So, but this is our issue. It doesn't have anything to do with our child. This is feelings that have been there all along for a long time since, since we were growing up. Because again, traditional discipline wears at our sense of self-worth because it doesn't take into account emotional support. It just focuses on that element of controlling the behavior and getting it to go away. So that is our work to do as adults. Now we're in this time where We now know that emotional awareness is key to transforming behaviors. And we're now learning that the importance of 
the role that our emotions play and that we have these inner resources. So this is our work and it has nothing to do with our child. They're, they're bringing to light where we need to heal. And so behavior is a language that communicates a need to us. And stopping it really kind of says, I don't want you to communicate with me. I want you to communicate in the way I want you to communicate. I want you to feel the way I want you to feel. Um, And again, that goes back to our discomfort of dealing with upset and dealing with emotions because we were conditioned to believe that upset was bad and that you know we were to avoid upset i remember uh learning you know or getting subtle messages um to never say or do anything to upset another person and it resulted um in me really having a lot of fear of having my own voice. Um, I really abandoned my own opinions, my own ideas, um, my own thoughts and feelings for others to adapting all their ideas, their opinions, um, because I just assumed mine were probably wrong uh, because of, you know, not, not, anything, you know, my parents or caregivers or people in my life did. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, but just because of the, the, the lack of knowledge and um, the misguidance uh, that we've received in the past as far as behavior um, conditioned me to, you know, abandon those parts of me. And as a result, um, I really grew up at a point in my life, there was, it was like, you know, I have everything, you know, that, that society says we uh, should have to be happy. And yet, I just really didn't feel that. I felt this emptiness inside. So that is the result of just focusing on control and not considering what's happening on the inside. Um, The child is using this behavior to communicate what is happening on the inside. So all behavior is driven from the inside out and it's driven, acting out behavior is driven through uh, stress, emotional stress, emotional um, conflict, inner conflict. And the more inner conflict there is, the more emotional stress there is, it isn't able to be contained on the inside anymore. So it starts to push out to the outside. And so that is our sign that, oh, something is happening Um, And so addressing the emotion and and working through it rather than trying to get it to stop um, really is the key to transforming behavior. Because children are doing the best they can 
in that moment. And we might say, well, they know better. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. However, in that moment, the moment that they're triggered, that's all they can come up with is whatever that behavior is. And it's like us as the adults, the parents, the teachers, we are doing the best that we can in any given moment. And when we're triggered in that moment, that's the best we can come up with. Even if we know, so for instance, I was a yeller um, with my kids. And that I was in that moment was the best I could do. I knew, you know, outside of those moments, I knew yelling wasn't, yelling at children, um, you know, wasn't uh, the most respectful thing I could do. Um, and, and actually, for a long time, I wasn't even aware that I was even doing it. You know, we are on autopilot. We don't even realize much of the time, probably, what did they say? Research says 95% of the time or something like that. We are on autopilot. We don't even think about what it is we're doing. And I always like to use the analogy of driving in the car. Um, if you driving in the car and all of a sudden you pull into where it is that you, your destination, and it's like, oh, I didn't even, I don't even remember driving through town. So, so often our body is doing one thing and our mind is off somewhere else. Our mind is off in something that happened in the past or it's off in something that may be happening in the future. Um, so oftentimes we aren't even aware of the behavior we're using with our children. And so that is the first thing, to become aware of our own behavior um, because that is what we're modeling to our children. And that is what they will learn to use also. We can tell them the behavior we want them to use, but if they're experiencing, if they're having a different experience through what we're modeling, they are going to use the behavior that they are experiencing. So that is a really important piece is to, you know, just become aware. And I really, really, really want to emphasize that our children's behavior isn't because we've done something wrong. We are such a blame culture that to kind of um, comfort our own emotion around um, our children's acting out behavior or, or whatever it is, we blame others or situations for what's happening. We're kind of offloading our emotions rather than than taking responsibility for them and feeling them. So oftentimes we we blame children for having this behavior and making us feel uncomfortable and mad and they drive us crazy. Or we turn it around and we blame ourselves um, for, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was 
um, using this behavior and look what I'm modeling to them. Oh my goodness. You know, I think we need to just realize that where we are is where we are. And we have done nothing wrong. And our children have done nothing wrong. We're all humans doing the best we can in any given moment. What parenting really is, is a relationship. It's not about I have to control this person in my relationship. If you think about relationships you have with friends, um, you don't try and control them in in that be in that relationship. And and I know it's different with our children because we because of this belief that um, we're supposed to make them behave and you know it just plays into our fear of not being a good parent but if we can see it more as a relationship um, just like being in a relationship with our friends what would we say to a friend what would we how would we approach a difficult um, situation with a friend And I remember years ago um, when I started learning um, about emotional awareness and shifting from controlling uh, children's behavior to being in a relationship with them, I remember um, thinking that, that, oh, what, I think it was the challenge of, um, the, the practice of not saying anything to my children that I wouldn't say to a good friend. And my realization was, wow, I say things to my children all the time that I would never say to a friend of mine. So that was a real waking up for me that, you know, we often really don't treat children Uh, with respect and yet we demand that they respect us so getting off off topic a little bit here but um, the point I wanted to make here was that behavior is driven from the inside and we really need to start considering what's going on for us on the inside and understanding that so then we can understand what's also going on for children on the inside and being able to address that. Because children are not acting out because of us. They aren't doing it to us. And we do take it really personally and think it's because we aren't doing something right. And it's not. It's, it's completely driven from the inside and so they aren't doing it to be disrespectful or because they think they don't have to listen to us uh it and as long as we see it that way we will react because then seeing it that way makes it a threat to us so we will react and try to control them get them to stop the behavior 
they will resist. They will, it'll, it will cause more uh, inner stress, which will cause more uh, acting out behavior, more power struggles, and really the deterioration of the relationship. So another behavioral myth or misguidance that we have been conditioned to is when we tell children it hurts other people's feelings. Um, we, we try to get their behavior to stop by saying, well, it's hurting their feelings or look how you made her feel. Um, and again, we do this unconsciously. But we, we put the child in charge of somebody else's feelings, and then they're supposed to do something to make it okay for that other person. And we, ought, we put them in charge of our feelings, too. Uh, when we say, you make me so mad, or, oh, that makes me so ma- sad when you do that, or um, you're driving me crazy, uh, or we, we also put them in charge of our actions a lot of times. Um, we say things like, if you would just listen, I wouldn't have to yell. If you would just do blah, 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 I wouldn't have to take your screens away. You know, whatever that is. And essentially, we're telling them that they're making us act a certain way. And they're making us feel a certain way. And then it's up to them to change to make it okay for us. And again, this is highly stressful for both uh, adult and children um, because it is impossible. Uh, We're again, trying to control the uncontrollable. We're trying to control how other people feel and make it okay for them. And then we expect them to take care of how we feel act in certain ways so that we're not upset. And the problem with this is that nobody is taking responsibility for their own self. And what we're doing is we're blaming. And that's, we live in this blame culture where we blame others for our upset and expect them to do something different to make it okay. We need to start taking responsibility for our own feelings, and actions. Because the old way, um, trying to get kids to take care of other people's feelings and ours, does not teach responsibility. It teaches them to blame. It teaches them to project their feelings out at other people and expect for them to take care of them. So to teach responsibility, we must take responsibility for our own uh, feelings and actions. And the truth is that it's actually not possible for somebody else to make us feel a certain way unless we allow them to do that. And, And when we allow them to do that, we're actually handing them our power, saying, here, you take my power and now you're in charge of me. You, whatever you do, makes me feel a certain way and now you need to figure out how to make it okay. And here's another problem with it is that that plays into our culture of I'm not enough because 
if we believe we make other people feel certain ways and we continually fail to make them feel happy and do the right thing, because as children, if we believe we make our parents feel certain ways and we're continually, you know, angry, they begin to um, adapt this belief that, wow, I, why can't I ever do it right? I can never do anything right. Everything I do is wrong. I never make them happy. And then we adapt this belief that I've failed. I'm not good enough. And then we, and, and, and I'll speak for myself, but um, I know I'm not alone in this, um, end up living a good portion of our life trying to prove ourselves that we are good enough because our fear is that we're not. And then we have children and we try to prove we're good enough through our children. And so when they act out, it is very triggering for us. So we need to shift from others make me feel certain ways, I make other people feel certain ways, to the truth, which is my thoughts create my emotions. My emotions drive my actions. We are all responsible for how we choose to think and perceive things, how we choose to feel, and how we choose to act. And in this way, we become the model for responsibility. And it's really emotional freedom. When we can understand that how this person is feeling and behaving is all about them, 100% about them. It has nothing to do with me. That is freeing. That's emotional freedom. And how I choose to uh, feel, how I'm feeling and how I behave is 100% about me. It has nothing to do with my child. It has nothing to do with anybody else. That is about me. And that anger that we um, often project at our children, that anger has been within us for a long, long time. It's just now coming to the surface. And our children can bring all of those things that we've tucked away, suppressed, pushed down for years can bring them bubbling to the surface. So our children are really showing us where we need to heal. And it is uncomfortable. But the choice, the, the alternative is if we don't heal our own childhood wounds, we pass them on to our children to carry and they'll carry them yet into another generation. So this is really about shifting, uh, shifting generational patterns to more 
uh, healthy behavioral patterns that are helpful in creating self-worth and trusting happy, healthier relationships. So rather than stopping behavior, being focused on stopping this unwanted behavior, what we really want to do is we want to look for the solutions, right? Um, And give our children new skills. So rather than teaching our children what not to do, which is actually discouraging, we want to teach them what to do. And this gives them life skills and it's encouraging. It's life enhancing where trying to stop behavior is really energy draining. And so to make this shift, we need to change the question rather than how do I get or how do I stop my child from, you know, doing this unwanted behavior, whatever it is, whether it's swearing, whether it's being aggressive, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, change the question to how can I stop this behavior to how can I help my child be successful? And then focus on the behavior you want them to use. And then also making sure that you're using that same behavior. I often find that this thought of modeling the exact behaviors you want your child to use is very overwhelming, um, can be very overwhelming. And so just think about that. If, if I'm wanting my child to change their behavior, but I'm feeling really overwhelmed at changing my own behavior, think about how overwhelming that is to the child and we don't think about that we think about oh all they need to do is change their behavior Um, and it's not as easy as that it takes information it takes awareness and it takes practice Um, and often that's what we leave out we want something you know to go from a to b and that's not how behavior works behavior transforms over time with small shifts along the way. And each shift is a miracle. And so we celebrate those small shifts and that's what keeps us going. So two things to take away here is one, address the emotional distress. Once you acknowledge the distress, the emotional distress, give it a name. It can be processed. It, it then becomes a feeling that can be felt and managed. So address the emotional distress, give it a name, help the child process it and move through it, and teach a new skill. So it's, it's giving emotional support plus teaching new skills. Now, something else that we really need to understand is that this begins with ourself. So we can't teach children um, and hold space for children's emotions when we haven't learned to do that with ourselves. And culturally, we haven't. Culturally, in generations before this, 
emotions were seen as getting in the way. So, you know, we have these beliefs about emotions, that emotions don't matter, they make people uncomfortable, so keep them to yourself. Um, and I think we've probably gotten the message that, you know, nobody really cares about your emotions. You know, if we grew up in a household where uh, nobody really acknowledged your emotion, it was ignored or or maybe even punished. Um, You know, we have these beliefs that, you know, we may have been told like, don't cry, you don't need to cry, don't be a baby. You know, we've, we've kind of adapted these beliefs that like sad is, is weakness. Um, don't show anger because that's disrespectful. And in all of these beliefs about emotions where we actually really uh, need our emotions to thrive as adults. So this is a lot of the work I do with my clients, uh, emotional awareness and uh, learning how to give emotional support to ourselves where we may not have gotten it um, in our childhood and to give our children emotional support so they can thrive as adults. And it transforms our, our overwhelm, our sense of depletion, anger, resentment, Um, into emotional freedom and it takes so much stress um, away and I have experienced this transformation and that's why I'm so passionate about it it has transformed all the relationships in my life and I feel like I'm thriving rather than surviving And that's what I want to share with you and the world, that there is another way to do this and change is possible. And I will take a stand for you because I was where a lot of you may be right now. I was a burned out teacher trying to deal with all of these behaviors coming into my classroom. I was... As a parent, I was overwhelmed, I was confused, I was, really, I was angry and I was resentful. And I have gone through this transformation and I continue to go through the transformation. Uh, I continue this work. I, I don't just tell other people to, you know, here's, here's some things you can do. I live them. And I have seen and felt the contrast of living my life on autopilot uh, using traditional discipline and that of how it is now that I implement and practice relationship-based practices. And I cannot tell you how much it has impacted my life in a positive way and how it has influenced how I feel. I feel so much lighter, um, happier, just, and it's not, it's not that I feel 
happy 100% of the time. It's not about that. It really is about having the tools to move through however it is I feel. And that is what brings me the happiness and the emotional freedom. So if you are seeking emotional freedom, uh, if you are seeking to get out of feeling overwhelmed or drained if you're seeking to thrive in life and transform behavior and have ease and flow in your life go to my website and book a call right now my programs are being offered at a discounted price i really want for you to be able to experience the transformation that i know is possible And I know investment is where people get stuck. So I'm offering my programs at a price point that they will never be offered again. Because I also believe in honoring the value and the integrity in the programs. And it's really really an exchange of energy. It's about the value that we put on things versus the value we put on our relationships, our emotional well-being, the emotional well-being of our children. And investment is a commitment. When you invest at a certain point, you make the commitment to show up and do the work. And I want to work with women, and it could be men. I I do uh, oftentimes... Uh, couples go through, parents go through the program together. Um, But I want to work with those who are, who want results because that is what I want for you. And it takes you showing up and doing the work to get those results. And when, without the investment, it is too easy to not show up and do the work because it can be uncomfortable. And really this is about building resilience and coping skills so that when life happens, like a pandemic, we have the skills to cope and to bounce back more quickly. So if you want results and you want to feel more in control and confident in your life, then book a call with me today. Go to tripleimpact.co slash Diane, D-I-A-N-E. And you could also go to my website, but right now uh, I am having some maintenance done on my website. There's some changes to it. And I know the, the URL to book a call with me on that site is not working right now. So I'm having that all uh, maintained tomorrow, actually. So for today, there's usually two different places you can find me, at Triple Impact, which is an affiliate group, and on my own website. Um, So, But if you go to my website today, you won't be able to book a call. So go to tripleimpact.co slash Diane. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye and have a fantastic week.
Thank you for tuning in to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm so very grateful for all of you who are showing up here with me because I believe subtle shifts create big impact. How we show up in our life, in our relationships, or our parenting impact our life, our children's lives, and the world. If you're ready to brave the wilderness of your beautiful soul, live life from the inside out, and create the life you want to live, head over to my website at diansorensen.net and get on my calendar to see if the Beauty and Behavior family is the right fit for you. I got you, and we'll talk again soon.